Yeah, happy birthday, everybody. We've been doing the show for a year. Woo. Woo. Even though I think that's... We're a, a year, a week late at this point because of episode release orders. It's, it's as of time of recording, we're a year old. Yeah. We did it. And hello, this is Journey Through the Decacast, a coming out retrospective through the lens of decade, where I am Shin Garrett. I'm Evan. And I'm Chris. And we're still watching Kiva. Oh boy, are we still watching Kiva? Yeah, we we watched some we extremely watched some Kiva in these episodes. So, uh uh Garrett, I um you've dragged me into this hell with you, and uh, you know, yes. that's fine. That's that's fine. I I'm glad that you that you're okay with it. I mean you you did drag me through a lot of fate stuff, so I feel like we're what, we're pretty you, equal. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. I haven't gotten you to watch like any good fate stuff. We talk about I watched like all a million Karno Yokai movies. Oh, oh right, right. But those were great. You just didn't like them because you're weird sometimes. Also, that's not fate. That's it's in like a different universe. Alright, you know what? Replace fate with Tight Moon, and then I'm still right. You are kinda right about that, yeah. You should play Melty Blood. You would like Melty Blood probably. Oh. I've I've played Melty Blood with you. Wait, you have? We have played that? Melty Blood together. You know, as much as much as I would enjoy us not talking about Kiva, we kind of need to talk about Kiva. Okay, so, okay, the first thing <laughs> about Kiva tonight is, did you know that violins are made out of trees? I did know that. <laughs> did you know they use different, different woods because they want the front one way and the back another way? Right. <laughs> um, I, I'm wondering if the tree thing makes a little more sense in Japanese than it does in English because that's a super bizarre statement. <laughs> I mean, to... this entire show seems to just be kind of like, hey, here's some random piece of information that associates with a violin. Isn't right. that neat? All right, let's talk about how terrible women are, okay? Every episode opens with Kavat giving a little bit of violin trivia. For episode five, it is different parts of the violin are made out of different parts of the trees because they need to have different uh, physical qualities. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. episode five is uh, Duet, uh, Stalker, Panic. Uh, yeah, there is definitely some stalking and some pairs. There's, there's yeah. a lot of There's stalking. two of them, actually, so that's why they use duet. It's, it's actually kind of clever, I, I guess. Yeah, I think this is, like, the most parallel past-future story, kind of, I think. I feel like episode six does it a lot more, where they just tell, like, the same thing twice. Uh, I, I guess I meant, yeah, five and six, kind of, but... Yeah, I don't know, it's... The story is... I watched it earlier today, and I'm having trouble remind, remembering like the actual storyline. I can remember all the stuff that frustrated me about the show. Right. Well, I actually I actually really liked this opening sequence, at least. Um, Wataru is on a playground with a bunch of people from his neighborhood, and uh, everyone is like, Hey, you suck. We hate you. Your house is smelly. Uh, go away, you're the worst. And he's like, oh, what, what, what? So his friend shows up and is like, okay, 
We're going to try and win them over. We're going to invite them to a violin recital at Watara's house. Yeah. And if also, it... it's not his friend. It's his mom. Get it right, please. <laughs> and and if it seems mom. like we have completely skipped over the past section, that's because the past section oh. of this episode is literally just Yuri... Yuri investigates Atoya. He's a bad. He doesn't. I forgot joy. that we do the past before the future because that's how time works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, Yuri tries to make a phone call. Kurenai hits on her, and then she leaves. And then he goes to the cafe Maldemore. And hits on her. And then, oh, hey, wait, who's this? Who is this handsome man in a leather jacket at the cafe? It, it's the wolf guy. Yes. It is it, wolf guy. It is wolf dude in a leather jacket that has a fur shoulder just on one shoulder. Yeah, but it's only one. So so it's like super edgy and cool. Yeah. He gets Isn't this the. Doesn't he do the thing here where he's like, uh, the coffee's expensive. I'll only pay for it if I like it. And yeah. I've never paid for coffee. Yes, this, that I, is a thing that happens. And I'm just like, stop ordering coffee, dude. And owner is, of course, like, I'll take that challenge. And then yeah. serves this coffee, and Wolf Dude just, instead of drinking it, starts sniffing it. <laughs> and he is, it is very silly. Because he's just running his nose all over, just <laughs> like a dog would. Yeah, that, that's like about the noise that was made from the show. It's it's pretty funny, honestly. <laughs> the guy, he looks so serious and intimidating, and but yeah, he, it, just the way he sniffs the cup is extremely funny looking. Yep. He drinks it all in one gulp, overpays, and like, keep the change, and leaves. Yep. It's great. He also continues to overpay in the future, too. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's every time he drinks coffee, he slaps down, I think, a thousand yen bill. Do you think he maybe can't count? He's a dog and he's not smart enough to count. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's a bit of a stretch, but okay. I don't see any evidence contradicting it. He can talk. You don't need to be able to talk to count. Or to count to talk. I don't know. What, what else happens here back in the past? Um, Yuri gets captured. Oh, right. Yuri goes swimming and... uh. For some reason, in the middle of the night, alone at a pool. Maybe it relaxes her. I guess, but that's... Did she just literally break into a public pool to go swimming at night alone? I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it's just a pool that's open 24-7. Uh, maybe. She's getting creeped on by someone underwater. Creepy heavy breathing. Yeah. But then, yeah, it ends with uh, Yuri... Oh, right. She's leaving Cafe Maldemore, and she keeps, she's still getting creeped on. And then Kurenai comes out of nowhere, and she's like, oh, it was you. And Kurenai is super salty, because there, there's a Chad around, and the Chad is hitting on his woman, <laughs> and so he has to fight the Chad. <sighs> <laughs> the Chad dog man. The Chad dog man is like, hey, coffee's, cof coffee's great. I'm gonna punch you out from behind. And then we're going to have a man fight, which is just Kurenai getting tossed around and beat up. 
Yeah. Uh, does I think this is also when Kurnai has the line where he's like, "There's two things in the world I hate." No, right? that's later. I think. Really? Or no, no. I was thinking of the Dogman's dumb pick pickpocketing quote. No, no, yeah, that's later on. Yeah, Kurnai says, "Uh, he I don't like people getting engaged or men who defy me." I think. Yeah, I. That's about it. Basically, I don't yeah. like men that hit on women that I'm hitting on. How dare you? Stop it. <laughs> they just start fight, and Yuri's just like, stop it. Actually, you know what? Fine. Go for Bye. it. Bye. She just leaves. <laughs> this was after earlier in the episode where um, Wolfman throws Atoya out of the cafe. Yes, he had thrown Atoya out of the cafe because it was... Atoya wasn't he was actually being a Toya. coffee or something. <laughs> I, I really like how she's like, don't fight. Uh, and then she's like, oh, wait a minute. Why do I care? And just walks away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, then in her anger, she kind of just, I guess, goes to a parking garage. And... Oh, well, but before that, uh, the uh, Belmont president guy shows up. Oh, oh right. I like how he just walks through the fighting. He, yeah, he, he splits up Wolf and Atoya, or Wolf and Kur and I, and they both kind of just watch at, waft after him as he walks into cafe, like, who? <laughs> what? And then they both go back to fighting yeah. in a comical way. But yeah, then Yuri is in, I guess, a parking garage, and she steps on a giant sticky spider web on the floor and looks above, and oh, hey, it's the spider fangire from the very first episodes. Or... Is this a spider web, or is this a spider web, or is this a bunch of cotton dropped into a giant cum pile? I mean, um, it could be the second because it does come from the spider's butt. Yeah. No, it one hundred percent does because there's a scene in, in the later episode where he's swinging from his web from his butt. <laughs> yeah, and actually, when <laughs> she looks up, uh, there is like white shining out of his butt right before he flips over and just. It does a quick zoom to make it look like he's falling from the ceiling. I mostly just want to convey the unpleasant gooiness of this yeah, web. It does not look like web. It looks like uh, it. It looks like someone tripped semen on cotton and formed it into a semblance of a web on the floor. And then Atoya touches it next episode. <sighs> I'd forgotten. You're oh welcome. my god! Is that really? The Metal Gear Solid noise of getting caught. It sounds exactly like it. Okay. Uh, so yeah, um, the last past scene in the episode is, uh, what, uh, Kur and I and Wolf Guy find the web? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everybody, the, the dudes find the web, and then uh, Yuri is being carried away by Spider-Man. Yes. Right. The, the spider fangire, not actually, Spider-Man does not make a guest appearance in this episode. <laughs> the spider fangire. Yeah, from, from the first episode. Yep. He's possibly an emissary from hell, but he is not actually Marvel Spider-Man. And, and here, here's, a, here's a slight spoiler. He's still not dealt with at the end of these four episodes. Um, he's still he, alive. Uh, I, maybe? Like, I, I don't know if, if Sheep killed him or not. I don't think so. I think I remember him like running away. But I guess maybe we'll see here in a bit. But yeah, that's basically the past part. Uh, not very yeah. much happens. It's kind of nuts. 
it's mostly comedic with uh like the wolf guy he's just a very funny character the guy who acts him is does a good job he comes in and it's like oh hey wolf dude who is being helpful of the future is a pretty cool guy in the past maybe i don't know if you can call being trapped in a giant castle and then occasionally turned into a sword counts as like being intentionally helpful but i mean i also don't know you know about like murdering the other cafe people too oh we don't know that happens yet what are you talking about what no i'm sorry wait let's wait 20 minutes and i'll say it again (laughs) oh i did want to bring up um garrett uh postulated that in the intro of this episode in the intro of kiva um Gurunai is wearing the Persona 5 main character pants, and uh, this is true. I just okay. wanted to say that that is exactly what is happening here. I'm glad correct that you statement. checked, and you also agree that I'm correct. <laughs> it's like okay. the same pattern in everything. You can also wear those pants in Sonic Forces, which is probably the best furry dress-up simulator on the market for my money. Alright, so... Uh, future, yes. Future part opens up with Wataru and uh, Mizuki? Mom. Mom. Um, his friend mom. Inviting all of his neighbors to basically listen to Wataru play the violin and give a concert. And of course, Wataru has severe anxiety and so can't do it. Right. Yeah. I would uh, too if all my neighbors were dicks to me. Yeah, yeah they are horrible. They immediately run up to him and start, like, when he's going out to invite them, they just immediately run up to him and is like, oh, hey, it's the guy who makes it house smell. You're a terrible person. And they're all calling him Obakataro. Yeah. Uh, stupid Wataru. It's, man. How, like, how how do you make a house smell that bad from just baking um, varnish? By cooking up a whole bunch of random stuff. I guess. Right, they said he did dog shit at one point, so you know that would be, makes a really bad smell. I assume he only did that one once. Yeah, right. But, but I mean, dead fish once it's been baking for a while is also gonna smell pretty bad. I guess. I, I feel like you could you could get like some like fan cool solution to kind of take care of that. Probably. Maybe he did not take those considerations into account. Yeah. Well, mom should have then. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't, um, I feel like uh, we don't know how recently her relationship with Wataru started, honestly. We don't know anything about her relationship with Wataru other than the fact that she considers himself his mom. That's (laughs) true. She could have, uh, she could have met him a week ago. You know, if she had literally met him a week before the show started... I wouldn't be surprised. That would be about the level of writing I would expect for a female character in this show. And it's literally, no, I have to protect him. And this is my son. Because women have have to baby people. Because that's, that's what women do, right? I think she just likes him. Yeah, I like Wataru. I would want to take care of him. Yeah, Wataru is a sweet cinnamon bun. He's, he's a very sweet boy. Yep. You know who isn't? Nago. Fuck Nago. Oh, is that the that's the stalker guy, right? No, Nago is no, the Nago's uh, the paladin guy. Oh, he's going to yeah, become Ixa. yeah, yeah. He's the worst. <laughs> yeah, he's literally the worst. And um, if if it seemed like we were a little, we were kind of like, oh, hey, maybe Nago is just fine in the first four episodes. It takes him ten minutes to become the worst character in this show. 
<laughs> uh, I can't say that I'm happy about calling this one. I was hoping he would be cooler. Yeah, no, it's... <gasps> so, alright. So let's let's actually explain why Nago is the worst. Um, because he's sexist? Because he's a sexist, bigoted piece of shit. Um, but Wataru is like, oh, hey, you know, I, this failed. Oh, man, Nago is great. I'm going to go talk to Nago. Yeah, I wish I wish that part. Wataru, please find a better role model. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's a sexist, abusive piece of shit. It's really, really bad. Also, before there's this one part where where Nago is following Megumi because he was told to to be her bodyguard, and Megumi is having none of it. And there's a cool slapping these band posters that does a cut to the past. That's really neat. Yeah. And yes, I just wanted to it's... point out the, the cut to the past, because the rest oh. of it's not great. Yeah, and the rest of this scene <laughs> is Megumi has been walking, and she has a stalker, who's this reedy guy in a big overcoat that Nago accosts, and this reedy guy just runs off. And uh, Megumi is, of course, like, Nago, what are you doing? I'll be in your bodyguard. No, shut the fuck up. What are you doing here? <laughs> and Nago's real response is, yo. Kiva sheep keeps showing up around you. So the next time that he appears, I'm going to fucking kill him. I wasn't ordered I, to, but I'm going to kill him. I really yeah. like how, how uh, Megumi's like, um, I, I don't like you. Stop hanging around me. And he's like, oh, come on. You like me. Be more honest. Yeah, he's, like, he's like, oh, my God, please eliminate this man from the world. He's He's just like, no. Come on, be honest. You're just jealous of me, baby. Oh, I forgot he said, yeah, you're just jealous of my power, too. Yeah. When, when she says, God, please erase this man from the world, he says, God's my ally. Yeah, God is my ally. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Nago just keeps getting worse. Like, yeah. it's, it's, this, it, it's this immediate dismissal of Megumi's... Um, feelings autonomy uh, her autonomy consent it's this immediate yeah it's it's her it's this immediate dismissal of her autonomy and consent where she's like dude stop following me no you're just jealous i'm gonna keep following you yeah it's not it's not good in any way right and she says uh if you keep following me i'm gonna slap you with a lawsuit and she slaps the poster when that that yeah, cut happens that, uh, she should happens. really go through with that lawsuit. And the immediate next scene is Wataru talking to Nago and basically trying to convince Nago, hey, please take me as your disciple. And Wataru, of course, is kind of mumbling to himself and is being quiet and asking. He's like, oh, and Nago. Say it loud. Yes. And Nago's response is, no, you got to say it loudly. I can't hear you. And oh he's my. got this fucking smug look on his face like, yeah, no, it's just... Okay, guys, I don't know if you noticed, you say. but in this in this cafe scene where Wataru is talking to Nago, uh, Nago is dressed like the fucking nostalgia critic. He's got jeans, oh God, he an is. open black jacket, and like a, a red too tie. long... Yeah, a red, a red tie on. He doesn't have a hat, but otherwise <laughs> looks like the fucking nostalgia critic. That's ridiculous. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so Nago's, like, after after Wataru, like, stands up and yells out, Oh, I want to be your disciple! And Nago's looking super happy. He's like, yeah, no, I got something I can do for you. Well, uh, yeah, Wataru also says, you're the best. And Nago's like, oh, I didn't hear that. Say that again. 
He's fucking self-absorbed. P.O.M. Yeah, he sucks. But yeah, so this secret mission that Nago gives Wataru is, hey, go stalk Megumi. Yeah, go stalk Megumi for me. Because she told me to stop, so I'm going to have you do it. And who who is this strange, wiry man that Wataru seems to meet who is also stalking Megumi? Another person is also stalking Megumi. Wataru's like, oh, hey, stalking buddies. Yeah, Nago also <laughs> told me to stalk her too. So yeah, let's, let's stalk together. Yeah. And then this wiry guy starts listing like Megumi's measurements and he's being a super fucking creep. And he's like, oh, she's got perfect proportions. Bah, nah. And Wataru is giving this perfect look of disgust at him. <laughs> like, are, I, I think are it's you more serious? of a look of just being intensely creeped out. <laughs> yeah. And the guy, the stalker's like, oh, it's only natural to know everything about the person you're guarding. And Wataru takes that as, oh, actually, no, that's great. Okay, yeah, no, I accept that explanation. Wataru is incredibly credulous. He he has no he has no skepticism when people tell them their motivations. He is a sweet cinnamon bun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To protect Wataru, a- except when he's Kiva, then he's not. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, like uh, when when he uses the whistles, he kind of becomes the other people in the castle. So I'm yeah. wondering if Kiva is also another person, kind of. Well, I think it's, I think it has to do with the thing where where uh, Kivat bites him to initiate the transformation, right? Like, that brings out okay. his fangire's eye or something. But uh, they also follow Megumi to the public pool, <laughs> yeah, and basically I don't, just I don't like sit that underwater and watch her swim. I, I thought that was kind of funny, honestly, just because they're like resting on the bottom of a pool. <laughs> And they look. They have goofy masks and snorkels on. And they have to subtitle communicate with each other. If it literally wasn't, hey, let's stalk this woman, I could find humor in it. But it's like, man, just it's really creepy. It it is weird. Yeah. But... Yeah, there's like a weird like fan service quota these two episodes had to hit apparently because yeah, it, it there's a there's a very good shot of. Megumi coming out of the water and lifting herself up. And it's just, you know, like two seconds, but it is very blatantly a watch this woman come out of the water and watch the water drip off of her body. Yeah, we're not that's even true. To the... I guess I have noticed that. We're not even to the foot fetish part yet. No, we're not. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, happens. yeah. But uh, so then Megumi is having a photo shoot and Wataru and Creepy Boy are in the back room and Wataru gets convinced, hey, you gotta break into Megumi's room and steal her phone. I forget why. Yeah, the the guy, uh, the stalker guy tells him that the phone is bugged. Yeah. And Wataru, uh, like, not knowing him, is like, yeah, alright, sure, that makes sense. He creeps in and he finds it and then, oh! Megumi caught him. <laughs> and she's just like, what the fuck? Right, Megumi doesn't assume he's being a creep. She's just, just like, yeah. oh, Wataru's being weird again. Yeah, it's actually, she immediately goes to Nago and is like, did you fucking 
take this sweet young boy and tell him to sneak up on me? And I was like, well, no, but I did tell him to watch you. And Nago immediately starts berating Wataru like, hey, as soon as someone else came up, you should have come to me and told me everything. And just... I... I'm getting... I get so many red flags from Nago. He's already... He's he's like, oh, the seven, seven indicators. You may be inside of an abusive relationship. And he's already hit like two or three of them. Yeah. Uh, Megumi says, people snooping into my privacy is what I hate the most. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like Nago cares at all about that. No, of course not. They don't care about it in this show. It's just a woman. She doesn't get to have privacy or agency. Uh, so, okay. Um, yeah, Wataru's in the bath in the next scene. There's a lot of bath scenes in this show, I just want to point out. There are a lot of bath scenes. Tara spends a lot of time in the bath. Tara spends a lot of time in the bath talking to Kivat as like his conscience or other half of his like his more direct side or something. Like where does Kivat come from? I don't know. This is actually kind of an important scene because Kivat straight up asks uh, Wataru, hey, uh, why are you doing any of this? Violin. Yeah. Wataru says the violin told him to. Told him to fight. He says he literally hears a voice from the violin that tells him to do stuff. Which is, uh. Okay. And, uh, Kavat is upset. He says, Hold on, don't you have a a will of your own? Wataru just sighs dramatically. And then it cuts to Megumi in her apartment being angry and looking at a picture of her mom. Mm hmm. And uh, she has an iMac. I just want to point that out. That's just like a, a definite sign of its that. time. Oh, she totally does, yeah. Yeah. Wait, th- this is 2008. Were iMacs still around in 2008? Uh, yeah. Okay. I yeah. guess the, the past does kind of blend together after a certain point. So. Just a bit. <laughs> I mean, until like early 2010s, probably iMacs were still oh around. I mean, I used them in high school, and that wasn't too much before Kiva. That is the same sound effect. Holy shit. But, uh, um, so the future ends off with the next day, Megumi is in the same parking garage that Yuri was in in way back past, and Wataru is still following her. Yep. I just want to point out super quick, it's not related to this, but I wrote, Atoya somehow is not the worst stalker in this episode. <laughs> no, he's not. Because, uh, this... This new fangire comes, or this new the stalker boy comes up, and he's like, "Oh, Megumi, I'm such a huge fan of yours. I have all your magazines. Please give me your oh, signature." Shit, you're right. Yeah, uh, that is the game over sound in Metal Gear Solid. I know, right? <laughs> it's nuts. I I still haven't played Metal Gear. That's fine. Now that I have confirmation, when Megumi stops and the camera slides to her right to show. Uh, the stalker fangire, like the sound playing is the the middle of your solid tape. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Yep, but uh, Megumi starts to sign, and we learn that this stalker boy is a sheep fangire because he transforms and is like, "Oh, you're mine, Megumi." 
I literally did not know it was a sheep until they said so. Yeah, me either. It doesn't look in any way like a sheep, really? Kind of. I mean, it has some horns. It looks kind of like a ram. Yeah. And and like like everyone knows, uh, it uses a gun just like sheep do. (laughs) <laughs> All right, I, th- like the Fangire musket is like my favorite thing so far. So that hasn't even been introduced yet. So I think that's not introduced until like two episodes later. No, it's next episode. Uh, he's creep. He's like grabbed Megumi, and so she pulls out her hand crossbow and shoots him in the gut. And if, as usual, it does nothing. Just kind of makes him s- stagger back, I guess. Yeah, it's not a good weapon i'm sure it's a fine weapon it's just she does have a kind of a cool moment when she's like after she knocks him back she's like for a finger you've got pretty good taste i'll be gentle when i kill you <laughs> but of course it's it doesn't work yeah and then right. it, it goes south really quick yeah because apparently also sheep have super speed yeah he yeah. just teleports past the shots yeah that's a thing that Ha- happens uh also super fast like we all know sheep are yes yeah. it's wataru transforms into kiva and starts fighting him and it seems like he's doing okay right up until sheep starts using his super speed and kiva gets his gets his ass beat his yeah. sheep like super speed yeah it's <laughs> and it's, then uh i don't get M- it megumi then uses like her her whip clip thing from the gun and like knocks the sheep away from kiva yes it's because he he had he had used the garudu saber again and it was doing nothing because sheep boys do fast and yeah got knocked down megumi distracts him the sheep i i do have to say as goofy as sheep fangire is i kind of love his uh his stained glass dreads that he's got they're going pretty on. good they're yeah pretty they're pretty cool. sweet but uh, after Megumi hits the Fangire, the Fangire runs after her, and Kiva is going to run, and then Nago shows up and is like, yo, we got to fight. I know I just saw a Fangire run by me that I'm going to say I didn't see, but we got to fight because it's super important because I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And then and then they tease an, an Ixa transformation, but then remember Meg- Megumi got chased after and now she's in trouble again. We should probably go deal with that. Because... Because, of course, she's in trouble again. This is Kiva. Yeah. And the episode ends with a cut of both Megumi being carried in the same way that Yuri was being carried in the past. Yeah, they do, like, the split split down the middle and show both main female protagonists being captured. Being right. damseled. Yeah. yeah. Though, though, clearly, there's no... It's weird to have them parallel because there's tension in the future because we don't know what will happen. But like we literally know the person in the past is fine is safe narratively. Just yeah. cause and uh it's weird to set up two things as parallel when there are un- unequal levels of tension in though in the, the situations. Just a bit. Alright, so next we have uh episode six replay, Humans Are All Music. Which, which is a cool subtitle. It is. I- yeah weird narrative thing that they do but it's a cool subtitle uh everybody beats to the sound of their own drum evan yeah i know <laughs> uh, because i'm just super glad i got to fit that in there yeah. that was like that was like my goal 
because Nago and Wataru both hear uh, Megumi gasp, and Nago turns around, so Wataru is able to like run off his Kiva and de-transform, and just show up and like, I am here. I, I it is pretty funny. The guy he just uh, Nago just looks away for a second, and then Wataru's there, and he's like, Wait a minute, did you see Kiva? It's like me. Did well, you... no, Wataru <laughs> points to himself. Right, right. He points to himself, indicating I'm Kiva. And, uh, the and guy... Nago's just like, don't joke around. Yeah. He's like, just stop joking, shut up, go home. Wataru looks so sad, like he expected Nago to believe him. <laughs> Which... Yeah. Okay. Okay, Wataru. Boy, I can't wait until that actually gets uh, revealed to him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so actually, yeah, let's go back to the past now. I just wanted to talk about that because that's a fun little intro bit. Oh, okay. Um, so in the past, uh, so Atoya... Spider Fangire has kidnapped Yuri. Yeah, uh, so Atoya goes to the shop to talk to the gym guy, or who is the leader of the organization, which is the Wonderful Azura organization. And the Wonderful is definitely part of the title. Yeah, and you, you have to make sure to say Wonderful every time. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is the wonderful Azora organization. Yeah, wonderfully bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, man. If this is their recruitment process, I'm not surprised. They do seem extremely ineffective. <laughs> Though I will say, in the next episode, we do learn that Fangires don't have unlimited lifespans. So no, they do not. Ostensibly, if they, if it's the sort of organization that's like, well, we can't beat them, so maybe if we just, like, distract them from murdering people, that's also a good thing to do. Maybe. Because they'll die eventually. Uh, sure. So, Kurenai makes a deal with uh, Shima. It's like, alright, so if you save Yuri, I'll let you join our organization. And uh, Wolf Dude is in the back, out a little, just at, outside in the corridor, outside of the shop. He's looking like he's sniffing the air. Yeah. Also, when like he comes in, when Atoya comes in, or at some point, the owner's like, "Hey, Wolf guy, we gotta close up shop in an hour." And he's like, "Huh? This place sure is interesting." Right. Because <laughs> the owner is making it like super explicit, like, "Okay, they're gonna have a secret meeting in here. You need to leave." <laughs> Uh, then we get to see the gentleman who Yuri was kidnapped by, who, if he wasn't a creepy stalker, would be... Well, no, he's still a fun, weird character, but... Yeah, he's like the first, like, really interesting Fangire, kind of. Yeah. He's almost, like, Joker-esque, kind of? A little bit. Basically, Cause... yeah. Because he shows up in this gray suit with a white ascot wearing white gloves and he's there are well Yuri wakes up in like this children's play area yeah and there are pictures of her and a shrine of her and and she's barefoot like and, th this yes, is and where she's the barefoot. yeah this is where the foot fetish comes in it's, it is very important that you notice that she's barefoot cuz goddamn if they don't spend some time focused on the fact that she's barefoot um DM me feet pics how dare you not respond to me <laughs> Don't DM me them. We get to see Spider Fangire, <laughs> who comes out and he's like, Oh, I've been waiting. Oh, Yuri, woo! <gasps> he has this little puppet on it, a little mouse puppet on his hand that he's making up, up, up noises. And he's like wiggling around with his feet. 
in in the past it is a mouse puppet and he makes it go chew he he emphasizes when he says chew and words because that's the noise that mouses make yeah mice. yeah i know the plural of mouse so apparently he felt he uh quote unquote fell in love with yuri at the very first time that she attempted to stop him which is right. yeah yeah she has a whole flashback to the first episode of the show uh, is basically him just taunting her. Before we yep. go back to Kurinai, who has gone to the icky sticky <laughs> white and he just jams sand right into the cum cotton. He's just like, hmm. There's no clues here. <laughs> he starts running off, and oh hey, here's Wolf Dude, who's sniffing the air and looking weird, and is just like, no wait, you should follow me. It's- I will help you. Why are you helping me? Because I cannot hate someone who is so dedicated to a woman. Yeah. He he, he shows Kur and I, he's like, all right, woman's in there. But, uh, and, you know, you don't drink coffee and you can't tell the difference between Mount Kilimanjaro or a mocha. But I can't hate a guy who risks a life for a woman he loves. Um. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> also, Toya has a line where he's like, oh, "I'm not going to thank you for this," and the wolf guy's like, "Oh yeah, sure, good luck with that." <laughs> and then we get to see um, Spider Fangire is painting Yuri's toes. Before we move into more creepy foot fetish stuff, Toya <laughs> seems like a drastically different character in these two episodes than he was in the previous four episodes of the show. Like yeah, he was a little bit. He was a really happy go lucky and just kinda like this weird free spirited guy in the past. It was like, okay, he lived in the economic bubble, he didn't really have to have anything to tie him down. He's like uh he's like Godai, but he didn't care I, about people really. I, I literally as as much as I was making a joke about oh, it's the Chad, I literally think it's in his eyes there is a better male specimen around. And so he better fucking step up, because if he doesn't, a woman is not going to be able to help herself and is going to go for the better man specimen thing better, because he is so much bigger and buffer, and I'm, sh- man, he has a, probably has a huge dick, and he's a great big man, and I'm a d-d-d-book type of shit. So, um, um, you say that, but, like, th- that's what happens. Yeah, it totally is what happens. Yeah, that's weird. It's not great. It's just, like, that doesn't at all seem to be, that wouldn't, it didn't seem like that was in Otoya's character when we met him in the previous episode. No, he was, he, he, he seemed like a philanderer and a flirt, but he seemed to be more the one that would just kind of blow it off and just immediately go to someone else and not become an incel. <laughs> I, I mean, I, okay, I don't think Otoya is, is... It's that bad to that extent. <laughs> no, it's not. Not yet. Mm, I, I don't even think not yet. I don't think it's to that extent. Probably not. I, I mean, think... maybe they're going to rewrite the character in the next set of episodes again. I think you could probably read it as he is deciding to get serious about Yuri. Literally, the only reason is because there was competition. I, <laughs> I don't even think that's the case because he was still trying like before he met Wolf Guy. Yeah, but then the wolf guy came up, and Yuri's attracted to him, and so that's the threat. Maybe, I, 
I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Maybe. But okay. then again, I, I'm I am on the record as the most negative for this show. So. <laughs> anyway, more creepy foot fetish stuff. Yeah, more creepy foot fetish stuff happens. <laughs> um yeah. and what uh Atoya or Kurinai tries to we see a scene cut of Kurinai trying to bash the sp- spider fangire across the back of the head with a pipe. Yeah. Doesn't There's work. A scene cut. And we learned that it didn't work. <laughs> I think in here is also the part where Wolf Guy is just sitting at the cafe and he's like, ah, oh, this, this coffee is no good if there's not a cute waitress to serve it or something. <laughs> it's it's uh, a coffee shop needs a beautiful waitress. Am I right? And even owner is just like, yeah, no, that's true. And then it immediately cuts to the spider fangire putting lipstick on Yuri, talking about her being beautiful. And he's got on full clown makeup. Oh, does yeah. he already have the clown makeup on at this point? He gives her the weird, uh, I thought he gave her the weird pedicure thing first. He he gave her the weird pedicure thing at first, and then it cut, and then it's, um, wolf dude in the shop. Then he's putting right. lipstick on okay. her while he has put white all over his face and given himself, like, a diamond over his eye and big lipstick He's going nuts, and we see right, Kerr and right. I on the ground, tied up, talking about man, man, I'm a huge failure. <laughs> I, I I do like that, like it, it kind of just pans out to show Atoya, and he's just been there. Yeah, yeah he's just been lying down, and Yuri's like, "You suck, but <laughs> hey, you come suck. get my necklace off so we can cut these ropes." Yeah, there's she's got a feather necklace. I, he, like, I genuinely laughed at this. How she says, uh, how, yeah, she suggests use my necklace to cut the ropes. And he immediately takes this as I'm going to shove my face under your chest and bite the necklace off. So I'm gonna, which I'm gonna is like... totally inappropriate. Don't do that. Not okay. But I mean, <laughs> I honestly thought that was a little funny. He totally takes the effort to just kind of shove his face all on her chest and just rub it back and forth. And. <laughs> The fact that she looks, like, annoyed rather than disturbed is uh, kind of what makes it. And so, while they're trying to saw through the ropes with this tiny little feather pendant, Yuri asks him, "Uh, Okay, I've told you off, like, a hundred times. What is your problem? Hey, girl, I like your music. (laughs) What? Kerr and I? He says, everyone in the world produces music just naturally, I guess. And he can hear it because uh, he's some amazing musician or something. So so there's that. Then there's the fact it fucking works on her. Yeah, the fact that it works. And then there's the fact it worked so well that she used the same thing and told it to her daughter Megumi. (laughs) <laughs> it is a good line though no yeah I, I agree it's just I don't I don't believe Kurenai when he says that I, I, I'm I actually inclined to agree with it because um I mean we literally know that Wataru can hear people's music like well no there was um I think it was episode two or three when Kurenai is going after the student and was super pissed, and he's like, I'm not going to let you have music, you filthy monster. So, like, that tracks. Yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. The Spider Fangar comes back with this 
white wedding dress. It's like, oh, it's going to be perfect. And he, I guess, knocks her out and takes her to an altar. Look, I don't want to think about how that wedding dress got on. Yeah, I don't. It's just suddenly she has the wedding dress on and Yuri is unconscious. Yeah, um, I just don't want to think about it. Yeah, it's not great. But uh, he just kind of starts creeping up on her and is going to go down. He's going to give her a kiss. Then she wakes up and is like, no, as you would be. And he gets super pissed. <laughs> yep. And then uh, Atoya comes in uh, with like two two pipes. A pink pipe and a blue pipe. I thought they were fluorescent lights. But like when he hits the, the, the bat, it like it makes like a pipe hitting No, noise. yeah, it's... As soon as he st- like, as soon as I took a moment to actually look at, it, I was like, "Oh no, those are pipes." But on first blush, I was like, "Wait a minute, does he just, does did he just have a pair of fluorescent lights?" Which would be an extremely ineffective bludgeoning weapon. Yeah, it's right. you'd hit them once, and it would. Those are very delicate. Yeah, like pe- people hit each other with those for fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they have to be like I... plastic shielded first, because like you know they'll break. Kurnai loses quite badly. Gets knocked out after being thrown against the wall. Yeah. He, um, he, he, he did good. And then, oh hey, Wolf Dude comes strutting in, looking cool as all get out. And just kind of does the come at me hand gesture. <laughs> this is real good. He's a real cool guy. Um, And then they both go outside into the uh convenient forest yep and fight yeah we get to see that uh we get to see wolf dude transform i like how he takes off his jacket like all all badass like first yeah. and he has an extremely luxurious looking satin black shirt under it yeah, yeah and like the top like three buttons are undone he's um, he's, a, he's an attractive man he's very fuckable like he's, damn he is a very attractive man <laughs> yeah but he transforms uh, and proceeds... So since to... he turns into a wolf, is is that a furry thing, then? I guess. Maybe? Um, he, Garrett, I was wondering if you were going to bring up the fact that he looks like a Garo? He does he look like of... a Garo. Because uh, he's gold when he first transforms and then turns blue. Yeah, it's like a gold then breaks off into a blue. It does It yeah. does look Garo-like. Like, the design is very not Fangire-like. Yeah, and he doesn't look. have the giant, uh, like, holographic... He doesn't look like either. he's made out of stained glass. Yeah. Right. I don't know if he's like a subspecies of Fangire or something. I don't know. I hope we maybe catch on that later. Because yeah. Kiva has Fangire powers and he doesn't have stained glass motif. So. But he does like the he does like the stained glass mo- thing with the the stained glass motif when he gets bit by Kivat. Right. Kivat. But but not in like his full form. That's true. Not so much on his suit. Uh, Wolf Dude and Spider Fangire fight for a little while until Wolf Dude gets, I guess, string shot in his face and the spider runs away. So nobody really wins. But it's very obvious that uh, Wolf Dude is significantly stronger than the Spider Fangire. Yeah. Like, the spider only gets away because he webbed his face. Yep. From his butt. I think that's the end of the past stuff. Yeah, uh, his wolf form gets absorbed back into his body, and he's not wearing any clothes, so presumably he's standing naked in the forest now. Uh, maybe, who knows? Yeah. 
it only shows I, him from the shoulders up so that's true oh and yeah it's uh there is one little last scene in of in the past and it's just wolf dude walking down the street at night and he kind of steers and his eyes turn into wolf eyes yeah that's like his transformation thing yep yeah his eyes turn like uh black and they have like red highlights it's neat yep I also right, apologize so for that furry joke. I did not mean to be offensive with it. I just want to clarify. I, I don't think it's... There's nothing wrong with being a, a furry. Right. Exactly. I didn't think that you conveyed that there was. Okay. <laughs> nah. Either okay. way, I like to clarify. Uh, so in the future, uh, the first little bit we get is that scene in the front, or the scene in the very beginning with uh, Wataru and Nago arguing. And the next scene is Megumi waking up in the same exact building that her mom was in. And yep. more, she is also has her shoes off. Yep, she's also barefoot. I know, hey, it's the stalker <laughs> dude. But no, fuck, get out of the frame. Well, it's no, Spider be- Fangire. Before that, though, she's like, she's struggling and trying to get out. And when she's knocking her feet against the floor, she knocks down the tarp that was covering the the shrine to her mother. And then she sees that. And she is properly freaked out. Right. Um, and yes, the Spider Fangire is now where in the past he was like in a gray suit. It's now he's now dressed in all black and all the stuff he's all the dresses that the dress he puts on Yuri or Megumi is black. Yeah, you, you see it, it. It's parallel yeah, to the past. Mm. What does do it mean? You, I have no idea. I don't do actually you, think it means anything. I don't think it means anything either. No. This episode felt to me kind of like. We we don't have enough to fill an episode, so let's just do the same thing twice. Yeah. But, uh... Well, he's dancing around making noise, and he now has a duck puppet instead of a mouse puppet. A stalker boy comes over and tries to touch Megumi's cheek, and Spider-Fangar don't take that shit. He's like, no, you don't touch my woman. No, we have to do a manicure. Gotta do more foot focusing yeah i guess i i feel like the first few episodes have primarily been focusing on establishing the main characters introducing kiva's transformations and for the fangires just showing the different types of weird obsessions they have that seems like a fangire a universal fangire thing they all have yeah, a weird they do obsession. all seem to have like an obsession of some sort yeah that, yeah that's true wataru is able to how does he Oh yeah, Wataru. the stalker guy comes to Wataru and's like, "Hey, I I know where Megumi is." Does he do that yet? Uh I mean it's somewhere around here. Yeah, yeah, it, that happens around here. Oh yes, it is. Yeah, because Wataru goes back to the uh, the cotton pile, and um, then when he's there, I believe is when the the dude yeah. tells yeah. him. I don't think there, there's not cotton pile in, in the future, though. Yeah, the sheep fangire shows up and doesn't oh, say anything, right, right. but uh, he takes Wataru to the area where um, Spider Fangire is now giving his manicure and painting Megumi's toenails. Uh, pedicure? Manicure is fingernails, Adam. Uh, yes, pedicure. <laughs> but he, he, the fangire doesn't know what the terms mean, so Evan is correct in saying what the fangire said. That's true. Oh, did do they actually get it wrong in the show too? They do. He's he oh. uh, the the spider fang the or at least the very tran the tran. I'm not sure if it's said in Japanese, 
but the translator wrote it as it's a blood red manicure. Yeah, maybe maybe those are the same word in Japanese. I don't know. The uh, Wataru is just being a good boy, like, hey, hey, can can you let Megumi go? I'll I'll be in her place. And he just gets backhanded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so th- is upset. So I think to note throughout all of this too, like it is jump cutting back to the past. So like when Atoya gets uh, tied up, it then cuts to the future, and Wataru's tied up, and so on and so forth. So past and future events are happening pretty much simultaneously. Yeah. But uh, Spider Fan Guy realizes that it was the sheep. He transforms and yells, and sheep runs off. And Wataru is just knocked out on the floor. So then we get to see Wataru and Megumi trying to cut out of their bonds. Yeah, so what happens is, like, the the flower necklace thing got knocked away in the past, and they find it in the future, so they use the same thing. Yeah. but uh, Oh, and Wataru is feeling like being defeatist, of course. And Megumi is like, hey, man, no, come on, don't give up just yet, we can... We can get out of this. And then she finds the feather necklace that her mom had. And they start cutting their bonds. I think this is where Megumi... Oh, yeah. Wataru's like, Megumi, why are you so strong? And then Megumi's like, you know, my mother told me this thing about how everybody is music. And I want to protect music. It's, it's literally... It's all humans. Humans all give off music. And she wants to protect the music in her. It's like, hmm. Someone else said that just a little bit ago. Or at least a variation of it. It worked so well that it made it to the next generation. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a sweet motivation, I guess. <laughs> I do like and that Megumi's like, It apparently like, affects you know, to Wataru. He's like, oh, that's really, really great. That makes things make sense. I do like Megumi's even like, I don't actually know what it means, but, you know, I like it. <laughs> uh, then... Spider Fangar comes back and is shivering in joy over the fact that it's going to be a wedding ceremony. Yeah. It's and then he weird. has like the black dress now. For then what it he matters. Gets shot. Yeah. For what it matters though. He's brought I... out his sheep flintlock that is <laughs> has multiple shots. Yeah, he he pulls a, a, a what's her name from Madoka and just has magic flintlocks. Yeah, <laughs> mommy, I believe. Yeah, mommy. He, he shoots the spider a bunch. And the spider runs off. And Sheep Deep transforms and kind of goes over to Megumi and is like, "No, Megumi, you're gonna be my bride." Oh. And then somehow she gets into this black dress and is in the same situation that her mom was in. Yep. The uh, Wataru is able to is when when they came back in or when the spider came back in. Megumi, um, like, palmed the feather necklace yeah. into his hand, into Wataru's hands, so he was able to uh, break through his bonds. Yep. So then he gets out and he's like, "Oh man, I gotta find Megumi, but how do I do that?" And he's like, "Wait, I'm gonna use the fucking power of music." I'll listen for her music, <laughs> and it uh, works. Apparently, yeah, he spent enough time with her that he knows what her music sounds like. He shows up just as uh, just as Sheep Boy is going to use his tentacles like sheep do on yeah. Megumi. His you know, sheeply his, tentacles. The, the tentacles that all sheep have. 
I know we keep making that joke, but the sheep fang guy is super weird, guys. <laughs> dreadlocks and tentacles. It's weird. Duh. Wataru shows up and they start fighting. It was a pretty good fight. Uh, super speed can't do much, of course. Yep. So then, Kivat's like, Kavat. I don't know why I keep calling him Kivat. It's Kavat. Right? Kivat. It's well. It first of all, they go out to the same forest that's conveniently nearby, and the sheep is using his super speed to beat Kiva. Yeah. And Kavat's just like, we need him for this situation. And, uh, we get the green whistle to come out. Yep. We go back to the green whistle plays, and we go back to the castle. Yep. Good old oh, castle. No, wait. It's that's a boy's uniform. Is it? Yeah, those are pants. Oh. Huh. Uh, it, there is a young boy in a sailor's outfit, sailor uniform. He's like, man, how long have we been in here? It's been the 20 years. Oh, the that's from when it was in the past. Fuck, I just now caught that. Yeah. God damn it. We've been here for about 20 years. But then the Basha Magnum gets summoned. And a green light comes in, and this young boy... I who I think is a frog. Um, I maybe, maybe some sort of amphibian comes out, and it's this cool green gun that go like the Garudu saber went to Kiva's left arm. This gun goes to the right arm, and we get a cool green arm, and the chest goes green. I like all the transformations; they yeah. always look good. Yeah, I think the green transformation is pretty cool looking. And I so, like his uh, arm looks like it has fins on it. Yeah, that's true. I think we brought this up. I think we brought this up last time. I don't 100% remember. But um, th- these these are just like all like the same color power combinations from Kuga. Yeah, just a bit. Because like the blue one's fast, the green one's a gun, and spoilers, purple's the strong one. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. But, uh, Kiva is able to use his gun, the Bashar Bite. And, like, summons a giant water bullet with homing capabilities. <laughs> and just blows up the sheep. I, what? Yeah, it's like it's like an ice bubble thing. It's kind of the most extra thing ever, and I'm pretty it's into it. <laughs> Except it's just one shot. Yeah. And then it, like, freezes him, and then Kiva just walks up and, like, pokes him and he explodes. Yeah, he does the shatter, shatter the ice thing. Yeah. And then here's the castle, who flies off. Om nom nom. dumb dragon. Castle Daggeron is great. Is that actually Castle Daggeron? Yeah. His name is actually Daggeron. It's a good castle. It is. I just realized that its name is Daggeron, which is just misspelled dragon. Yeah. It's a good castle. Uh, (laughs) The episode ends with Wataru basically giving a violin performance to Megumi and yep. basically saying, hey, look, I can I can play in front of people and it's I, it'll be great. W- Wataru has gained character development and can now play in front of a person and not be nervous. Yeah. And it's really sweet. Megumi isn't an ass about it. And it's like, yeah, that's really good. Good job, Wataru. Yeah. And it's real good. And I like it. 
and that this all these good feelings get ruined immediately at the beginning of the next episode. Yeah, more or less. Oh yeah, I was like, isn't this when uh the when Paladin guy shows up and is a weird dick about everything? Yeah, right yeah. at the beginning of episode seven. Right, yep, which is uh, him, three star full course of darkness. That's a really good title. <laughs> These titles are real good. Do we, do we just want to go over this intro bit real fast, or we're going to go back to the past? Um, I mean, do you want to be angry now or later? Let's just be angry now. All right. Okay. So, uh, we cut back when it's Megumi is has been released from the hospital. Yep. And it's like, all right, cool. You know, all I could do was roll around in bed. I'm so glad to be leaving. Yep. Wataru comes to congratulate her for being able to leave. It's real good. And then Nago shows up and goes, no, you're not leaving. No, I'm, fuck you. Here I'm, are some roses. You need to rest more. I'm, I'm sorry. What? You're, you're, no, you're, you, you're not leaving. No, fuck you. I'm leaving. Hey, Wataru, women are so troublesome, right? You're not leaving. You don't actually have any autonomy. I get to make decisions for you because I'm a man and you're a woman. You don't get to make your decisions. Yeah, Nago's Shut the a fuck up, Nago! God, fuck you! Uh, isn't this also the episode where he get his backstory? No, it's next episode. Oh, okay. Nago uh, is the worst! Yeah, Nago's backstory is supposed to, like, explain why he acts the way he does, but it's just like, oh, you, he's always oh. been a weird dick. Oh, you've always <laughs> been a weird psychopath. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so, we'll, we'll get back to the future later, but that's just... This this episode starts off with some heavy-handed misogyny. Like, holy shit. I, I do like how Megumi's like, why are you always such a hypocrite? And he's like, nuh-uh, you are. He's just like, nuh-uh, you love it. And hey, I'm like, oh, and I, shut I, I guess apparently she does, because, spoiler alert, they end up together. Don't remind me. I've got <sighs> to imagine that he's like a different person by the time that happens. No. That would nope. just be... That's just not believable at this yep. point. Well, it's it's not believable if you have any understanding that women are actual people and can have thoughts and emotions and aren't just, you know, something, aren't just a thing that needs to be controlled. See, I, I should have just kept it to myself when I read it on the wiki and then just seen the reactions. There is kind of this funny scene where they, uh, Nago's, const- like, Take the flowers, and and Megumi's like, no, take your fucking flowers back, and they're just pushing them back and forth between each other, and petals are getting all over the floor. Wataru just crouches down and picks up a petal and looks at it like, I do not understand relationships. Yeah. Oh, and then there's like a neat cut to the villain who has a rainbow flower. Yes. Because we get to see for the very first time that, hey, maybe the Fangire's maybe they're not terrible like yeah they're human-eating monsters but they're still pretty bad but yeah they have you know like an actual good this one has an actual good motivation because this past not sure if it's a motivation good enough to like soup people and then murder them but but, his obsession it's indicating that the obsession isn't usually it doesn't have to be like something that's kind of disgusting or weird it can literally just be right. something noble taken to an extreme. I think for everyone else we've seen, it, the pos- the obsession has been possessive, and this one yeah. isn't. It's just like a friend. It's like a friendship companionship thing he had. Yeah, it, it is. It is wanting to do, wanting to do what you believe as the right thing, no matter the cost. 
Um, yeah, uh, the the cost in this case is becoming a chef and feeding people soul fattening soup, and then turning them into material to bring your five dead butlers back to life. Yes, right. so uh, yeah, that's a, a little bit of a you know a butler dying of this Fangire, and the Fangire is like, you've served me well for these past three hundred years. And the butler dies and, like, turns into glass shards. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's pretty cool looking, yeah. And the Fangire is even like, man, you know, I'm immortal, so I'm... We know that our lifespan is limited, but it's lengthful, but parting is still such a woeful event. Uh, no, wait, I will revive you all. Yeah. It's like, man, I really like this Fangire. Yeah, he's, he's pretty a cool. cool guy. All right. Yep. So that happens in the past. I mean, he yes. he does turn people into into like you know food, so that's not good. But yes, yeah, as a villain, I'm hundred percent sure whether or not he's actually feeding, like doing cannibalist cannibal stuff of feeding people other people, or he's like feeding them dog. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, I'm also unsure. Then we go back to Cafe Maldemur, where Wolf Guy is being served coffee by Yuri. And she's just super like, oh, man, you saved me. <laughs> man, you're hot. That second part doesn't happen. It happens in her. Look at her face when she's talking. No, to him. She, she's clearly got it for this guy. She is clearly eye fucking him. <sighs> but then it also comes a thing of like, man, wait, who actually are you? Also, where are all the other customers? <laughs> They all left. Nobody, I guess Smaldemore doesn't get that much business. Because yeah, uh, Shima comes in and is like, hey, we gotta talk. So, owner is like, oh, we gotta close for an hour and a half. And uh, Wolf Dude is even like, well, that's a little strange. Hmm. Oh, was that this episode? I thought that was last episode. Yes, that was this episode. Whoops. Oh, okay. uh, we learn that Yuri... We learned that a bunch of Café Maldemur's regular pass uh, passengers, regular Patrons. customers, have been disappearing mysteriously. And he would like for Yuri, with her fantastic track record, to look into this. I wonder if the wolf guy did it. The wolf guy did it. That was an actual, like, I was ac legitimately surprised by that. Right, because he's aligned with Kiva in the future, so I assume he's a good guy. I yeah. whenever they said I'm like I wonder if it's Wolf Guy and then it was yeah I didn't think but uh, they're chatting and Yuri's Yuri is thinking like man you know actually we need new people for our, for the wonderful Aozora organization actually I have an idea and Atoya peeks his head in the room like hey guy I, I saved Yuri you have to hire me now right I don't you don't need to force it baby we can always be together. And I will protect you with my big heart, yes, and my vast back. Curran, I shut the fuck up. Just stop. You know, at at least he's passionate. I guess. And Shima's even like, yeah, you're right. I did say that if you saved Yuri, I'd let you in the organization. Too bad that Wolf guy did it. Uh... Too bad you didn't save Yuri. <laughs> Sick burn. Actually, you know what? If you do something else, if you show me something I'll, that I can easily interpret, I'll let you join. Whatever the fuck that means. 
so then, oh yeah, because because Yuri's like, I can't watch all these customers myself. Yeah. So okay. then they get Atoya to to join. Duh. And he does magic. Yes, he does some magic. But like Yuri's they... also totally into it. Yeah. It, well, it's they they start watching the wolf. They start watching Wolf Guy because he's a um potential target. He's a re- he's a possible target, and then yeah, Atoya just starts doing magic during this stakeout. He's like pulling shit out of his mouth and making a dove, and Yuri's giggling at it and like kind of having fun. But dude, you are literally on a mission to try and save someone's life. Y- what? Do you have no drive to do the right thing at all? I mean, not if it's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, Wolf Guy, like, beat the shit out of him. He, sh- he should know how strong he is. Yeah, but it's... Man, I don't know. But it's... Kuranai distracts Yuri long enough that she completely loses sight of Wolf Dude. Wolf, Go- Wolf Dude just seems to, like, disappear because, like, he walks under a bridge and then he doesn't come out the other side. Right. He totally... Yeah, he, just... he totally knows he's being followed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he he's got like super senses or something. They've kind of subtly indicated that a few times. Really subtly? <laughs> I mean, not subtly. I, when I say subtle, I mean they haven't directly stated that he has super senses, but he clearly does. <gasps> yeah. The uh, the next scene in the past is actually Shima telling Wolf Dude, "Hey, we think you're being targeted." And um, because you seem kind of strong, we'd like you to act as bait. Yeah. Actually, you you want to join our wonderful Aozora organization? We, we we'd love to have you. God, I can't believe "wonderful"s actually part of the title. Yeah. Uh, he's just like you know. Actually, I'll I work alone, but I'll I'll make sure to find this person. You don't need to protect. I'm me. a dark hey. loner. Hey Evan. <sighs> hey Evan. Why? W- would you say he's a lone wolf? Yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah, but you didn't yeah. say it, and like explaining <laughs> it is is part of the joke. I yeah, definitely. Because jokes are always funnier when you explain them. It's, yeah, it's yep. just how it is. It's uh, explaining a joke is like dissecting a frog; it kills it. But you no, get more understanding. It's like it's like making the frog better. <laughs> the. The last little back scene or scene from the past is we see where is it? Oh, we see Wolf Dude. I think we just see him kill someone. Yeah, we see we we learned that Wolf Dude is the fangar that's been killing people because he's been sniffing, and what we see we've seen this guy this this big chunko we've seen this big guy come out of the cafe once or twice, and a Wolf Dude comes up. He's like. Mm, you smell like that coffee. Transforms and like gores into his stomach and kills him. Yeah, it's pretty gruesome. It's it's yeah, I'm kind of nut. It's great. It's real good. Yeah, he like howls and everything. Yeah, it's very dramatic. And that's the end of the past. So for the future, uh, where are we? We we already went over the hospital scene at the beginning. Yeah, we went over the ho- We don't need to talk about that hospital scene again. It's just, holy shit, Nago's misogynistic piece of shit. So the next uh, 
future scene is Shima with Megumi and Nago. I mean, um, isn't the next one actually the bit where they introduce the the Count? Yeah, but that was in the past. That was in the past, yeah. Wasn't and we it? talked about it. Okay, I thought that happened in the future. No, no, because the butler dies in the past, and then he's still trying to bring him back right. to life in the future. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I gotcha. My the next, the next future there. part is with the BMI machine, because that's still a game they have going on. Yes. Instead of pinching your arm, he's got this little handheld. It looks like Wii driving. It, it looks yeah. like an LCD like racing game. Is looks like to me. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Shima is telling Megumi and Nago, "Hey, so there's this restaurant that the customers have been disappearing from." And I need you to go look into it. And Megumi's like, oh, I know about this place. They only take, like, two groups a day. Super exclusive. And it's super delicious. So we gotta go. Yep. I'm gonna ask Wataru out on a date. That's real cute. But, I, uh, I, I'm, like, I'm, like, back and forth on it. I'm, like, cute, I, but also putting Wataru in danger? Yeah, it's... Well... There's the thing where it's like they're not a hundred percent that it's actually Fangire That's activity. True. So she's like she could probably see it as something just you know it's not too bad. I mean like in, she, she's in the end it's still better than Nago's solution because at least she would be there with him. Yes. And she's she's even talking about it as like Onesan is gonna treat you to dinner. <laughs> It, it it feels very much like I'm going to tr- I'm going to treat the younger brother because he's a sweet ch- he's a sweet cinnamon bun that deserves it. Yeah. Because uh, Wataru is out looking for more uh, colors, and he's like, "No, these flower petals. Maybe no, not this flower petal. This Actually, centipede, what about though. this Japanese centipede? <laughs> oh, hey Shizuka. Actually, I'm getting a phone call. Could you hold this centipede for me while I talk on the phone?" It was at this point where I'm like, oh, yeah, 2008, cell phones exist. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as soon as Wataru hands the centipede to mom, she, you can hear her freaking out in the background <laughs> right up until the point that Wataru's like, oh, a date? And she immediately goes silent. <laughs> She's like, wait, what? Wataru, you can't. Hey, whoa. She grabs a phone and tries to talk to Megumi, but Megumi's already hung up. And Wataru has just kind of got this dazed, happy look on his face. It's very cute. <laughs> it, oh. I like how she grabs the phone. It's too soon for Wataru to go on a date. Very funny. Duh. Yeah. And then he runs into Nago, and Nago's like, what's that dumb look on your face? Get that off. I got a job for you. Abusive Relationship 101. You remember when you said you'd do anything for me, right? Right? Okay, yeah, that's still true, right? All right, I need you to go get this job. He's got a, like, job handbook that I think was a thing to, like, look for part-time jobs in Japan. I'm not 100% sure. So I, I have I have a question. I think it's basically an independent um, classified section. They, I think I... They were in, like, one of the Persona games. Yeah, didn't you pick these up in Persona 5, I think? I did not play through Persona 5, but yeah. I believe so. Yeah, you, you did. You pick it up at the subway station. Or the train yeah. station. Okay. Yeah, it's just, like, a, a help-wanted thing that apparently they just publish as pamphlets. 
So, okay. um, my question is, how did Wataru, like, get this job? Because, like, picturing Wataru in an interview... <laughs> I get the feeling that it may have been the vampire fan... The fangire looked at him and went, this boy seems easy to manipulate. I, I mean, it, it's true, yes. So, yeah, that probably checks. You could definitely be like, he probably won't suspect that I'm murdering people. Or if do, you know, maybe I can make him a butler. I mean, Wataru does does dress up real nice. Yeah. The... Oh, yeah, we didn't mention how cute he looked in the uh, in the suit he wore, the tuxedo he wore for the violin performance. Because he, he dresses up real, he, he cleans up real nice. The next scene is Megumi waiting for Wataru, and she's like, man, Wataru does seem to be, seems to be really late. And then Nago shows up and is like, hey, no, he, you're you're my date now. But it's not a date. Also, this isn't a date. You need to understand this situation. This is just an investigation. I'm going to jump over this puddle and make you step into it to show how off, much of a dick I am. Show how little I care about you. And then we go to the restaurant and we get to see that Megumi is a girl that likes to eat. Like, it was already shown... But it is reinforced that, man, Megumi likes to eat. Because they start with, I'm not sure It looks like what a it bruschetta is. thing, maybe? Some sort of bruschetta. Yeah, not it's a bruschetta. bruschetta. Oh, ah, fuck, what's it called? What's the meat used in for bruschetta? I don't I, know. Mm, not that refined. Pork? Maybe it is that. Little slivers of pork, I think. Yeah. There's no meat in a traditional bruschetta. You're probably thinking of prosciutto, which is a very thinly sliced cured ham. Thanks. But uh, they finish the bruschetta and then brings out like a filet of fish that she adores and eats and is going nuts over. And I really like this, that Nago is just sitting across the table like, how, how are you eating so much? He's got this incredulous look on his face. There's one point where he's like, stop cutting the steak with a butter knife. And she's like, mind your fucking business. It's like, if it tastes good, what does it matter? I mean, oh, wait, who's this cute waiter? Oh, wait, it's Wataru. I mean, if the steak's steak's good enough, you can cut it with a butter knife. That's actually not an issue. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, if it's tender enough. No, it's the thing of Nago is totally the guy that's like, no, stop it. You're embarrassing me. Stop it. It's Naga was so fucking weird. By weird, do you mean bad? Uh, well, I mean not just bad. Also, just why would he care about like these sort of social niceties? Because he has because he has to project a certain image, and if you mess up that image, how dare you? I am so much more important than you. You need to shut up and let me be important. Yeah, because they give him a backstory in the next episode to try and, like, give him a motivation, but it, I I feel like I still don't know what his motivation is. Motivation is that he's a weird psychopath. (laughs) Sin is bad. Mistakes are sin. Therefore, mistakes are evil. I I guess that's true. That's just so childish that it, I maybe, yeah, I guess I just didn't register that as what is actually going on. But yeah, that is definitely what it is. Uh, yes, yeah, so Wataru is the waiter, 
And Megumi and Nago start arguing like a divorced couple arguing over their child. Yeah, Megumi's like, um, why, why the fuck did you have him do this? Don't you know this is dangerous? It's like, it's a complete, you, you're inviting a complete amateur. And Nago's response is, you just told him it was a date. I at least told him everything that was going on. And they just keep fighting and get up and start yelling at each other until the chef comes out and goes, hey, yo. You're bothering the other customers. Get the fuck out. You're bothering the one other table. <laughs> Between this and that one episode of uh, JoJo's where there's like a tiny cafe run by a foreign chef. I'm like, is the tiny cafe for like two, three tables like a thing in Japan? I have no idea. I don't know. I've, that's. I feel like that's pretty uncommon in America, but maybe that's uh, it's like a, you know, a small dining experience is more common over there. Uh, so next is it's the evening Wataru has finished his shift and he's leaving and Megumi like waves at him from over she's like hiding in a little hut nearby it's real good I really like it she's like hey whoa come over here you shouldn't listen to that man she starts giving really good advice to Wataru <laughs> she's like you need to not listen to Nago and Wataru's like no but he's he's so he's a good person he's strong and kind and Megumi's like, oh, whoa, he's deceiving you? He's a fu- huge hypocrite. Also, did you notice anything weird about the restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> and we get a cut. Wataru has been explaining what went on that evening yeah. to both Nago and Megumi. There's nothing weird going on. Everything's fine. And Wataru, apparently, I guess he went, well, he finished with Megumi first, then went to Nago. And he's looking a little down. And Nago is, of course, like, Man, you shouldn't listen to anything what that girl says. She's just jealous of me. Fucking fuck off, Nago. Yeah, Nago's not good. And yeah, and then we get the biggest red flag of the episode where it's like, no, okay, she's just jealous of me. Don't listen to anything she says. You're my pupil, right? You need to believe the things that I say. Was that this episode? Only the episode. things I say. No, it's this episode. It's right around you know, the 1430, 1440. Okay. Yeah, that, that part's like, yeah, that's definitely. You need to flags. listen to me and only me. I'm the only person you need to listen to. And uh, Wataru tries to talk back of like, you know, I don't. Or what What does he say that he doesn't think is true? Uh, the Kiva being evil thing. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't think that's true, Nago. And Nago immediately, like, blows up. He's like, no, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Believe what I tell you. You don't get to think for yourself. And then storms off. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. That's the biggest red flag I've ever seen. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of right there. Yeah, Nako's a bad guy. I don't like him. He's kind of an abusive shit heel. Yeah. And this ends up Our with secondary the... writer. Yeah. Oh boy. I'm just like the weird thing is is like how does he have relationships with people if this is the way he normally acts? Like doesn't everyone just gonna like not want to be around him? I mean, Wataru is like a sad baby, but you know. The writer <laughs> thinks that that's how a cool man acts. And really? so people fall in love with him. Uh, 
I don't feel like Naga was presented as a cool character at all. Honestly. I mean, he gets the girl in the end and succeeds. Can we stop bringing that up, please? I... I don't know. So far, it doesn't... Like, he does not in any way seem like he is a good guy or... I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll go there eventually, but it doesn't really seem like the show agrees with his perspective. But not really. Uh, maybe we'll next, get there. We get a little little <laughs> short scene of Wataru in the bath bemoaning the fact of why can't everyone just get along? Because people are different, Wataru. That's why. If everyone got along, everyone would be the same. Yeah. Oh, is that? And it wouldn't yeah, that solve is. anything. No. And we get to see Wataru his kept his job at the restaurant. Yep. And we get to see um, the chef making his special soup or stew or sauce, and either he's using human or, like, dog or something, because he's just mashing a set of ribs and a spine and dumping it in a pot. Yeah. There's sinister music, too, so you know it's evil. Yeah. It's definitely evil. from below. It seems creepy. Wataru tries to clean. The chef's like, no, 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 no. You you don't come in here. It's, it's, <laughs> you don't clean the kitchen. You can just you can just leave. It's fine. I'm fine. I know you've cleaned the rest of the store, but okay. You you can leave. Wataru's, oh, okay. Goodbye. It's like, it seemed he would have had an okay job there. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't secretly evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like if if his boss wasn't secretly an evil fangire that drains people to revive his servants, it seems like a pretty good job. Yeah, just if if not that one part. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh so then Megumi is shadowing the couple that was there at the same time. Yep. That she and Naga were, while Wataru is playing violin at his home, thinking about, man, why can't people get along? How can I fix Megumi and Nago? Which is not uh, a good yeah. perspective to take. No, it's really not. <gasps> Mr. Fangire is stalking this family. He's like, oh, how was my cooking? It's the best you've ever had. Oh, man. I'm going to eat you now. I'm going to eat your souls. I, I yep. think it's important to establish that before he says that, that he shows up in a tuxedo mask cosplay. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> He's also a prawn. Oh, he's a prawn? Yeah. Okay. But uh, Megumi runs in and isn't able to save the dude before he... Or she isn't able to interrupt before the dude gets drained. And her gun, as usual... Her crossbow, as usual, does nothing. Right. And she tries to save the woman, but not the woman gets drained, too. Yep. So... That's why I think, like, it's not it's not people he's serving, because, like, he, he made them go all transparent. And, like, yeah, that's how true. do you harvest right. the meat when they're transparent? I don't know. Maybe special transparent meat. I mean, but clearly it's not transparent when he's when he's preparing. Well, no, it's it. just stained with the colors of the stew. But like they disappear because like the clothes like the recess. Yeah, yeah. they do the fangire disappearing. So I guess he's just I guess he's serving dog or something. Or some uh, other thing, not yeah, like not playing weird. into the stereotype. Some something fangire evil. monster. Well, I only say dog because it looks like there was a dog skull. Right, it does look the like there's a dog skull. I just oh, yeah, also I realized that that's... saying that there's also that really bad stereotype. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yes, no, that's Whoops. not a great stereotype. Yeah, But uh, Wataru shows up, becomes Kiva, starts fighting. 
Um, it does okay. Like it's it's a pretty good fight. We don't the the Mister the Prawn Fangire pulls out a halberd, but we don't get to see him create it this time. Yeah, which I'm a little disappointed about. Uh, and then Nago uh, fucks everything up. His his special attack is also like spraying. Uh, I don't. It's hard to I describe. Think it's a, I think it's supposed to be like bubbles, a bubble spray. It, yeah. it, you know, it like looks how... just kind of like thick water or like fake snow on. He just sprays it out of his yeah. mouth on people. Oh, have you ever seen the stuff where like a crab bubbles at its mouth? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, that is, from what I'm aware, like a thing. Uh, and it's like a crustacean, like the bubble at the mouth. I don't know why, but they do. And I think that's what it was referencing. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, during the fight, we cut to the interior of the castle, and uh, they are building a house of cards. Specifically, Wolf Guy is, do- is doing most of the work. Yep, and then when yep. he gets summoned, he knocks it down. Because he's a jerk. Mm, with the Guru Saber, Kiva's winning. Yeah, but then Nago fucks it up. That Nago shows up and, like, actively interrupts this fight just so he can fight Kiva. And, like, like, I thought the organization was here to take down Vanguyers. No, he's, like, he just has this super hard-on for fighting Kiva. Right, and, I, I mean, I'm, I guess he wasn't paying attention to the prawn thing just murdering two people. Or it's just he finds it less important or something because he's a dumb piece of shit. Yeah, it's not as important as Kiva. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is, like, the one time that Wataru actually acts like himself in Kiva form, too. Because when yes. Nago he attacks just runs him, away. he immediately runs away. He's like, oh no, Nago! Yeah, it's, I don't want to fight Nago. And we see the uh, prawn fangire go back to his home and go downstairs where there's five coffins and he reaffirms that I will revive you all. And that's the ep- end of episode seven. Yeah, th- and there's a, a stained glass rose thing on each one of the, the coffins. Yeah, the rainbow yes. rose. I really like it. They're really good. Rainbow, that's a good, much better name for it. <laughs> uh I just want to ask, um, when we got to the end of this episode, did you guys think that uh, in the next episode that he would summon five Fangire butlers that were, you know, roughly, that would, like, you know, team up with him or whatever? Yeah. I, I, I thought it was going to be, like, I'm going to summon minions. I did yeah. not y- think we would you, get Garrett? a giant robot fight. Um, I mean, well, I mean, I watched the episode preview, so I saw a giant thing fighting a, fighting a castle, so... Okay. I'm just so like, huh, I wonder how you, you that's going to happen. You were already clued into, by revive my five butlers, he means turn them into a giant, monstrous, five-faced chandelier monster. I mean, yeah. it's more, I didn't put thought into it, and I went, huh, that's really weird, there's a giant thing fighting this castle dragon. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a left turn, I gotta say. Well, it's because, like, he didn't get to finish his plan fully. Oh, you think they would have just been regular guys if he had, uh, if yeah. he hadn't, uh, like, had to take the shortcut? Yeah. I, oh, maybe. I don't know. I feel like maybe this was the plan all along. I, mm, that that would be a weird plan. Well, yeah, he's, fangires are weird. I guess that's true. So, next we have episode eight, Soul. Dragon Castle, angered. And this opens up with a past scene of all 
the past people in Cafe Maldemore, uh, basically going, hey, another person died. And Wolf Dude, like, I guess it wasn't me. And Atoya trying to be like, I guess you were useless. Oh, you can leave. Bye. Fucking Atoya. You feel so threatened by... Is the name Jiro? I think it's Jiro. Feel so threatened by this wolf dude. Uh, it's embarrassing. Isn't this also when he says, uh, "You have, we, you will are of no use to the refreshing spring wind organization." Yeah, yeah. And Nishima gets annoyed. Is like, it's the wonderful Azora organization. Oh yeah, that thing. Yeah, uh huh. Was good. Wonderful is still a part of the title. <laughs> yep, it is. I can't Every get over it. Make sure to say it. So this ending part is. Yuri, or it starts with Yuri following around Jiro, the wolf man. And he he notices her and hits hits us with the line, a woman who follows a man is either going to pickpocket him or is in love with him. Yeah, what, what the fuck, wolf guy? What? Actually, what? Okay, but before that... Um, because Atoya tries to give chase, but shop owner's like, you sit the fuck down and drink my coffee right now. Oh, yes. Atoya <laughs> tried to leave after everyone, but he keeps not drinking the coffee, and owner is taking this as a personal I interest. thought that was really funny, actually. The owner was just like, I do not fucking care what is happening. You're gonna drink my goddamn coffee before you walk out that door. <gasps> it's pretty good. Yeah. Later we learn out, we learn that Atoya doesn't like coffee. Right. It's, yeah. And something has been trying to shoot Megumi during this scene. Yep. We learn what it is later. There's like a yeah, it's like a weird target site thing. Yeah. And Atoya technically kind of saves her. Uh on accident. And, uh, yeah, like not on purpose, but So then the next scene in the past is Yuri walking ahead as uh Wataru and Jiro progressively are like leaning on each other and trying to shove each other out of the way as they're following Yuri at a somewhat respectable place pa- or distance I guess yeah it something I, I also I like uh is. like um his line where like uh, his line where he says I am a useful man like the breakwater that blocks the stormy sea and the wolf guys just like Okay. <laughs> then uh, a guy comes up and starts hitting on Yuri. It's like, hey, hey, you want to go get lunch? Hey, you want to come get lunch with me? And Atoya runs out of nowhere screaming and starts punching the dude. He's like, oh, you're a fanger! You're a fanger! Ah! And Yuri's just like, no, he was just flirting. He was just a normal creep. He was just literally just hitting on me. And the guy's on the ground like, oh no, my fried chicken. Is everything okay? And a cop pulls up and is like, hey, is everything okay here? <laughs> and Yuri immediately sicks the cop on her and I. And it focuses back on the wolf dude as he runs off. And like all this happening, like Atoya, like he pulls down like the cop's hat and then he starts to book it. Yeah, he's messing with the cop in the background. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then wolf guy... Just kills a person like two feet away from this, and no one notices. It's he's like, oh, you you drank coffee. He jumps down and like smacks her, and I guess 
he smacks her so hard that her body falls down, but her soul stays there, and then he just, like, sucks it up. Yeah, it's weirdly creepy. It is. And, uh, Yuri runs up, like, seconds after he's done that, and he he sits up, and he's, like, wiping his mouth as he's faced away. He's like, oh, I just... I showed up like seconds after I heard the scream. I guess I guess I didn't catch him. Oh darn! I guess we'll get him darn. next time. Oh, um, Evan, I think the idea is is that when he jumps down, there's like a claw slash graphic that I think is supposed to indicate he killed her body in that one. Yeah, thing. no, it's like her soul still yeah, standing. Yeah, he there. killed her. But it's an interesting. I like the idea of her body just going down. Like he killed her so quickly, her soul doesn't realize. Right, right. Wataru. Or Kurinai is like, man, our foe is pretty cunning. In that case, I better go drink this giant beer mug full of coffee. <laughs> yeah, the coffee owner's like, I'm gonna fucking make you drink this coffee. He's like, yeah, if you don't drink this, you're gonna be in big trouble. And he fucking Wataru, chugs it. If you leave yeah, this unfinished, Kurinai, I will hit you. <laughs> Kurinai proceeds to chug an entire, like, pint, pint glass full of coffee and then passes out. Because he can't stand coffee. Okay. I mean, yeah. yeah. I don't, I couldn't even drink a small cup of coffee like that. I'm not a fan. A pint would also probably kill me. Yuri comes over after they've made like this little pseudo bed out of chairs for him. She's like, dude, what is your problem? Why, why did you do this? I did it for you. I did it for love. You can stay there and sleep for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> then she just leaves. Yuri's comebacks it's real to good. are pretty funny. And so she's walking under a bridge. And I guess a frog fang... Merman? Oh, a merman fangire. Oh, yeah. There, um, that might he, be it. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say, he looks like the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, he's like, hey, it's dangerous to be out at night to walk alone at night and he's kind of silhouetted so Yuri isn't able to tell he's a fangire until he stands up and like walks towards her. I mean yeah. we're not even sure it's a fangire to be honest. Not really. Um cuz it is the young man that was in the castle that gave what uh, caused Kiva to have a gun. And I like how he moves cuz he's like prancing about a little bit. He's very boyish. Yeah, it's 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 very childish and yeah boyish is the correct word for it i mean uh he like skips with his hands out to his sides i i think it's specifically supposed to look feminine is the idea yeah childlike and feminine a little bit but uh he's shooting bubble bullets at yuri oh okay um so the wiki says for for the monster or for the for the forms that the the wolf guy is a wolfman mo- motif, the green one is a gillman motif, and the purple one also has a motif that I won't spoil. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, Kurnai shows up and gets in gets in the way of one of the bullets and gets shot. and just passes out. And uh. Mr. Fishman goes after Yuri, causes some stuff to collapse on her, and it looks like he's going to come up and kill her. And then Jiro comes out of nowhere, and you can see, like, um, 
fish dude is like running up to him like oh hey guy what's what's going on it's very silly (laughs) yeah like this is clearly a work yeah but uh he runs off a fish dude runs off uh jiro turns around is like don't worry yuri it's safe now and she passes out and the fish dude immediately runs back up he's like hey 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 why why'd you save the human what what, what's going on uh jiro's response is i've got a plan i need to stop killing people (laughs) right uh i think hey hey is his like verbal tick he he starts every sentence with nah 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 yeah it's it, it is very much a verbal tick that doesn't translate well into english I mean, it, hey, hey, is about as good, is a pretty reasonable translation. Like you basically base it. Is there anything else in the past? I don't actually think so. Yeah, I think that's pretty. Oh much... wait, no, that's right. There is one other scene right at the very end. Yeah, I just blocked it out. That's why. <sighs> oh yeah, yeah. Where this one? Yuri is. We get another scene of Yuri kind of stalking or. Trap following after Jiro. It's late at night. He's like, "Oh, you're following me again." She's like, "Well, well." He's he's like, "Oh, are you guarding me again?" And she fires back with the line. He's like, "Oh, a woman who follows a man is either a pickpocket or in love with him." She goes up. He asks her what she is. She's like, "Oh, I'm a pickpocket." Or and then am she hugs I? Him and it's like, "Oh, maybe not." I, I'm curious if she is reverse working him, like if this is also a trick. And she... I, I hope so. <laughs> I also hope so. I really, really hope so, because if not, fucking oh, you saved me, so I fall in love with you, man. Fuck that trope. That would be pretty lame. All right, so let's talk about some dragons. All right, so future. Uh. Future part starts with... Oh, right. It is... Wataru is talking to Nago at Cafe Maldemore. Oh, yeah, the married like, couple's bickering again. Still, he's giving a report. And Megumi shows up, and it's like, Nago, you are still using this boy? Weren't you the one that said we shouldn't do it? Hey, hey, hey. Shut up, woman. This is man business. And she's just... He he pays for his coffee and leaves. Yeah, because he says, uh, this has nothing to do with you withdraw. She says, maybe I'll withdraw that tongue of yours instead. And he says, talking to you is the greatest waste of time in the world. Like, Jesus Christ. What is this fucking so Megumi, Yeah, he's not great. Megumi goes up to Wataru. He's like, hey, didn't I tell you not to do it? I mean, if you want to say it, that's fine. I guess it's not my problem anymore. I mean, I guess you're your own person. <laughs> and Wataru was like, wait, no, but why do you hate him so much? And then we get a really good reason. Um, she tells him Nagakeisuke drove, her, drove his father to death. He made a small clerical error in entering some information for his company. Um, and I guess the implication is that Nago reported it in some way to make it seem like it was corruption. And so his father lost his job and was blamed, and there was this massive scandal. Mistakes yeah. are sin. Yeah. Sin is evil. I mean, presumably he made a clerical error in his own favor, and I, maybe it was like on a government contract or something. So, yeah, he was like convicted I, of corruption or something. 
So I'm not. It's all all that we They're get kind of fake about is it. a small. The, the the actual translation we get is a small documentation mistake led to an indictment for corruption. So I literally think it was just he made a mistake, not that he was trying to you know skim off the top or do a work to get himself more money. It's literally just he made a mistake, didn't notice it. His son noticed it and assumed his dad was trying to be corrupt and blew it wide open. Right. Well, I don't know if he even assumed his dad was trying to do anything bad. I think he just like, well, you fucked up. Time to yeah. time to fix this. Yep. It may literally be just you made a mistake and that's a terrible, horrible sin. So you deserve to lose everything. Right. Th- this seems like it is it an it's not an explanation for his behavior because he's still acting just as weird in the past. But but it's how he yeah. it's how he got his first button. Yeah, it is how he yeah, got his first button. Because his, his yeah, dad is dramatically standing in front of him like, I just made a mistake. So Wataru goes and like talks to Nago. He's like, so Megumi told me about your dad. So what's up with that? And Nago's response was, even if he was my father, sin must be atoned for. Wataru's like, wasn't it just a small mistake? No, all mistakes are sin and sin cannot be forgiven. Right. And we get to see a cutscene of the back of of the past where his dad is like, what the fuck is your problem? I'm not corrupt. I made a small procedural mistake. What is your problem? Mistakes are sin. Yeah. Mistakes are sin. Yeah. And the dad does kind of flip out at this point and be like, stop talking back to me. And he like goes to like smack the kid. So, yeah, that's not great. But, you know, I guess he was already having a bad day. So, uh, Nago knocks him over, and he looks down at his hand, and he's holding a button from his dad's coat in his hand. Dun-dun-dun. So that's where he gets his obsession with buttons. Why was he so weird back then, too? Because he's a badly written character that's a shit heel. Eh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I know. I feel like I know actual people like this, but, uh, so I'm not sure if it's just the character. I don't know. Just that sort of person. So next little bit in the future is Wataru is looking for the owner at the store. And he goes into the kitchen. And is like, oh, man, there's the pot that I'm not supposed to look into. And he looks into a pot and is like, oh, wait, this looks like it would be great on a violin. This color is perfect. I take a small ladle and steal some. Well, I, I, like, he just couldn't find a container. Oh, my God. Did you think Bloody Rose is painted in human blood? Maybe. <laughs> I, I'm gonna choose to believe it's in Fangire blood instead. Okay. I mean, either way, that would be pretty awesome, honestly. That that would be pretty metal. <laughs> so Wataru is basically walking he's has abandoned his job and is running home with this ladle full of special sauce. I, I kind of love it that like he just could not find a container. Right. No. He, and he, he didn't grab the pot or anything. That that would be stealing. So he just has one no. tiny little scoop of this sauce. Yep. Yeah, because he definitely yeah. didn't steal the ladle. That doesn't count as stealing. He runs by a store where Megumi is getting her snack on. Yeah. Um... And she immediately chases after him after paying for her food, shoving her a fish in her mouth, and running out and runs after Wataru. So you get to see her running after him with a fish a in nice, her mouth. It's, it's a nice spread. It's like yeah, it's grilled fish, some miso, looks like some natto. Yeah, looks mm-hmm. pretty good. Looks like a real good. 
and we uh megumi learns that oh you you not uh, along with playing violins you make them that's kind of amazing actually <laughs> and wataru is painting a violin with the new sauce and he's checking into the light and it sets on fire for some reason they like, yeah, don't I mean, really give an explanation at all for why that happens plump soul food uh, catches on fire don't yeah, you know yeah apparently human souls are flammable yeah, yeah. also like but, uh, chef guy also followed wataru home he's like he followed the smell and like wataru is staring picks up the sauce and stares at it, and the door slams open and the chef is in the back <laughs> and just kind of stalks into the room as his chef hat gets stuck on the door you frame. stole my precious sauce and yeah his his hat stays behind <laughs> And he uses, uh, he, tell, he tells Wataru you're fired, and there's a little translation note that's like, oh, to fire is the same way to say to behead someone in Japanese. I, I don't know why. Yeah, to fire in Japanese is literally uh, to behead, yeah. apparently. So I guess decapitate also means getting fired in Japanese. Yeah, I mean, same difference, more or less. But he grabs the ladle and stalks off, and Megumi is like, actually, you know, this is really fucking suspicious. There's a secret behind that sauce. I think we need to investigate him more. But I can't go back to the restaurant because I'm banned. And you just got fired. So, hmm, what are we going to do? Actually, it's okay. I've got an idea. I'll and we get to slick see my hair Mama back. is in the basement. It's a fairly good disguise. He doesn't really look anything like his regular self. That's true, but like, I feel like the extent of it is just like, I put my hair back. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. Well, he has glasses uh, too. Shizuka is listening from the basement with like a glass against the ceiling. And is like, is that, she inviting him out on another date? Man, I gotta stop this. <laughs> and Kavat's just like, what are you doing? And he keeps getting hit away. <laughs> but, uh, so they go to the meet, er, uh, we get to see Wataru in his new outfit go to the meeting area, and he's like, oh, Megumi, I'm here, and except it's Shizuka. And so they go and have their lunch date together. Yep, and then Man, Megumi shows up late. I love Megumi's outfit. The, like, Victorian thing? It's, it's like a Mary Poppins cosplay or something. It's like a weird, like, it's... Victorian Lolita thing, kind of. It's really yeah, neat. Yeah, yeah. It's got red lace gloves that look really nice. Yeah. It's got, like, the weird bit. sideways hat thing that, that they do. Oh, yeah, when you wear uh, your hat at a jaunty angle. Mm-hmm. So, Wataru and Shizuka are having lunch at the restaurant, and Megumi is kind of creeping in, like, wait a minute, the what is Shizuka doing there? And then she Shizuka is about to take a, a bite of the sauce, that special sauce. And Wataru is like, hey, whoa, 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 don't eat that. <laughs> That may be bad. Did, did you know it catches on fire in the sunlight? And the chef comes out and is like, hey. Hey. You, you, you do not like my food? <laughs> it makes human souls nice and plump. Now eat it. So I can kill you. Yeah, and he, he starts he starts fangiring yeah. out. I he clearly already knows some, that uh, something's going on, because he does not really attempt to... He just gives up the game pretty easily here. Yeah. yeah. And so they run. Yeah, Megumi breaks in to, like, provide cover. Support. Yep, but she just gets thrown in the water. 
can't do much. It's so- and then Shizuka is running and thinks Wataru is after her and then is surprised when he's not there. Does Shizuka know that Wataru is Kiva? I have no clue, to be honest. I don't think so. It doesn't so. seem like it. But, like, she's aware of, oh, wait, of yeah. the weird bat thing. She talks to Kavad all the time. Yeah. Yeah, but then why is she so confused that he went back? Uh, that's a good question. Because that's, that's what they do. He fights the thing. I, I do also want to bring up that, uh, well, uh, when, when Wataru is trying to be in disguise... He does not have a nice suit on. He has a, a crappy prom tux tux on. <laughs> yeah, it, he looks like a kid that went and rented a tux for prom. It's pretty good. But yeah, then we get to see Megumi get beaten up and knocked into the harbor. Um, before Wataru is able to come up and transform and start the fight. Yep. And uh, it's a good fight. I like the uh, fight choreography yeah. there's the one part where kiva just picks up like a bucket and throws it at, like, at the guy <laughs> i think it doesn't look like a heavy bucket either it's, it's like an empty yes yes it is pail. okay yeah because uh the prawn starts to like do his bubble be explosive bubble beam and wataru does like a dive to the left grabbing some random metal bucket she's like take this like, a metal jug Ugh. and the prawn's like oh my god bucket now, and Kavat comes off and fights, and uh, allowing Wataru to do like a pseudo rider kick, not a proper one. Yeah, it doesn't have like a big animation or everything, but it's a dive kick. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the prawn basically stumbles off and is like, "No, well, all this life energy I've gathered." So I'm going to now be revived, my servants. I will add the life energy I've energy. captured with my own and revive my servants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kiva sees him and jumps up and is going to punch him, but he collapses into glass shards before Kiva can fight. And then the five coffins that were in the bottom of the Prawn Fangire's building open and shards of glass come out. Yeah. And then there's a giant monster chandelier. Yeah, then, then the Razophon attacks. <laughs> yeah a little bit uh, not not bad yeah when it's rising up past the window i'm like uh yeah because there's a shot of it from the inside of the mansion at first and it's like what the hell is that because it's got a giant like ornate face thing yeah on it. it's got like this weird like angel kind of motif thing going on well, like a bayonetta it's boss a, yeah it's it's a big chandelier but, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, cross Chandelure the Pokemon with a Bayonetta boss, and that's basically what this thing looks like. <laughs> yeah. Chandelure with Yotisto. Justice. That'll work. Um, but it's flying around shooting big energy bullets at Kiva, and Kiva's like, oh, God. <laughs> and Kivat's like, hey, we gotta use our secret weapon. Let's pull out the whistle that just summons our big castle dragon. Yeah, because we have one of those. <laughs> yeah, now we get a giant monster fight. Right. Like, Castle Doran shows up and immediately gets its teeth kicked in and knocked into the ocean. Yeah, but then but then we also get Boat Dragon? Right. Shoo, Chan. Apparently there's more than one dragon building. The the tower, the, like, the individual towers of the church have been set apart and are different toys that have to come in and latch <laughs> on the top. Yeah, it, it's how you get more guns. Yep. 
causes it gives Castle Doran wings. This one, well, bigger wings. It uses those yeah. wings to blow the blasts back at the chandelier monster. Yeah, it, and then I guess it fires missiles and blasts. Yeah, and then and then for its finisher, it um it, it shoots Kiva, which then just makes a super rider kick. I mean, this is real cool. Oh, it, it's, <laughs> this is a cool it's amazing, but... I really wish it was in a better shot. Yeah, I mean, there's actually no but. Like, it, it's amazing. Like, the castle shoots the bullet into Kiva, which speeds Kiva up so he can do a better kick. And his, right. his the chains around his leg break as he's going. So we get to see the special winged leg kick. I, I like how the goes. parapets on the castle also, like, point forward like their cannons when he goes yeah, into its, it's super good. mode, too. Nice touch. And we get to see one, two, three. It's all six of the little glowing chromatic orbs get eaten by the dragons. Yeah, they're like om nom nom. Om nom nom. Yeah, uh, and I guess Kavat, like, knows the dragons or something? Are they his friends? I am very confused. Oh, we forgot about one little scene at the. for in the past. Did we? Yes, right before uh, Yuri is like doing the confession to Jiro, is Kurenai standing on the balcony of his house playing violin, going, Yuri, I know you don't love me right now, but my music will get to you and make you love me. And then she immediately confesses to Jiro. So, oh, right. yeah, that's right. It's dramatically that's right. ironic. Yeah, and that's episode eight. Yeah. Yep. Um, that was some episodes. Yeah. I don't know what's going I, on. I don't think Kiva's very good. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, these four I didn't, weren't as good as the first four. Primarily, for me, just because, uh... Um, fuck, what's Wataru's dad's name? Atoya. Atoya and I. Yeah. Atoya was just way less likable and fun in these episodes than he was in the previous ones i feel like that was a pretty major problem now and the thing is is from the little bit i've read on the wiki it's you you, you go through this and you think okay yeah so with what he experiences kur and i is gonna you know develop some as character you know he'll he'll become less flighty and silly apparently not Apparently he stays the same type of flamboyant, flippant, you know, no actual drive to do the right thing character. Okay. Is just completely follows his own desires at all times forever. I mean, I I liked that version of the character more than the weird, competitive, possessive one in this set of episodes. Yeah, that's true. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, this... it, it is, as I've said before, and probably like... Two more sets of episodes will have a better understanding of things because we have to get through the <laughs> yeah, toy they're selling still, arc. They're introducing toys still, so. Yep. I have to get through the toys. We have to wait for the real show to start. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, let's get out of here. Okay. Uh, this is a podcast located on the internet at journeythroughthedecacast.com, where on there you can find this episode that you're listening to, all other episodes. Links to the network's Twitter, which is uh, at riceball underscore FM. Um, there's links to mine and Chris's Twitter as well. 
There is a link to iTunes where you can rate and review us and help like SEO numbers and like weird algorithm stuff. Algorithms. Yeah, algorithms. I wonder if we should Get link notice. I wonder if we should link the show to my new Safe for Work Twitter account that I use at work instead of the one I just use all the time. That might be better. Uh, probably Who knows? not. It probably doesn't matter. I mean, we uh, we're, well. we're not exactly family friendly on the show. Or at least we don't try to be. No, we're fairly explicit. <laughs> Talking about <laughs> cotton semen. Talking <laughs> about kids shows. <laughs> Talking about a kids show, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. This was an episode. And until next time, we've just been a passing through podcast. Remember that. Good night, everybody. We live in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Clicking stop now.